you tried ChatGPT yet? There's been a lot of talk lately about the chatbot developed by OpenAI to generate human-like conversations with people on a range of topics, big or small. There's no doubt that many of you, just like me, have already tried it and found its potential is wide-ranging. Over the past few years, low-cost investment robo-advisors have democratized investing for the masses by using AI to assess, for instance, a person's risk levels. This led me to start thinking about ChatGPT's potential as a free financial advisor. What type of advice would it offer and could it replace the 20th century concept of an expensive financial advisor that so many people can't afford? Welcome to Pocketful of Dirhams. I'm Felicity Glover, the personal finance editor at The National. Joining me today is Joseph L. Am, General Manager of Digital Wealth Manager Stashaway Mina, who's here to talk about chat GPT and financial planning. Before we begin, don't forget to subscribe to Pocketful of Dirhams on your favorite podcasting app. Welcome to the show, Joseph. Hello, Felicity. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm well, thank you. So, ChatGPT, what are your thoughts on it and its potential as a financial advisor? So, first of all, I think uh, OpenAI, the company who created ChatGPT, has done an amazing amazing job in building an AI platform that is accessible for for everyone. Um, So, I I do believe that it helps a lot of people. you know, in their work, for example, while drafting an email for people looking for a job uh, and revamping their CDs or, or maybe students and finishing their assignments somehow. But one thing to note about ChatGPT is that it, it gets its data from the internet. That's one thing. Uh, and two, uh, from whatever data that we feed it. And also the, the knowledge cutoff of ChatGPT is actually as of September 21, 2021. So it doesn't necessarily give you the most updated data and it's not really accurate. So I, I still highly advise people who use it to use ChatGPT to always take uh, the information that uh, it provides and uh, with a pinch of salt and always do your research after it. Now, obviously, it's an amazing tool for content creation, like if you want to write an article or long email or, or even developing new skills such as, you know, uh, coding or, you know, learning about quantum mechanics, for example. But on the financial side, I think it, it does a good job in terms of financial awareness and education by explaining how, say, for example, uh, how budgeting works or the different types of asset classes that are available for you to invest in. But what I think it lacks is the ability to determine your exact risk tolerance or appetite because you still need to, or the platform still needs to understand the person that is behind the laptop or, or the device uh, to, to give an accurate financial advice, such as you know their age, their annual income, where they're living, their current financial situation, their entire assets and liabilities. So it still needs to analyze and understand a lot of things that I think at the moment uh, an AI tool uh, cannot use. And personally, I think that uh, people should not be putting uh, all their financial information on- online because it it is accessible to, to few people. That's interesting. But can I ask how it differs from investment robo-advisors and what they offer in terms of AI to, for example, assess the risk profile of clients? That's a very interesting question. And I do want to kind of highlight the fact or, or the difference between how robo-advisors actually, um, you know, determine the risk profile of customers. So they, so Stashaway is a robo-advisor. So it's the company that I work for. And 
we don't use, or not only Stashware, but most uh, robo-advisors do not use AI to recommend risk profiles for clients. We use an algorithm. So it's a, it's a rule-based uh, algorithm that we, that, that, we, that we have in place to determine the risk profile of the clients. So what we do is we ask their age, uh, their annual income, if they're married, uh, uh, they have kids, the, the financial knowledge of the customer as well. Are they uh, familiar with ETFs, for example, the term ETF, or are they familiar with uh, investing in general? And all the information that the client is feeding us, we, we give it to the algorithm, and then this is where they will recommend a certain risk rating. Uh, however, robo-advisors such as Tashway, we use some kind of AI techniques, not necessarily the AI that you have in ChatGPT, but the AI techniques such as machine learning to analyze data uh, and financial data. So if it, it can help us in, uh, you know, if we want to build a certain portfolio for, uh, for our clients that has multiple kind of risk levels, it, we will need multiple data uh, to analyze, to, to determine uh, how to balance the risk between one portfolio to the other. This is where we use some kind of AI techniques on the back end to help us with summarizing the data. But in terms of client-facing and uh, assessing or, um, or recommending a risk profile, it's not really AI. So I really want to distinguish those two, those two terms here. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you for that. So I had an interesting conversation with ChatGPT earlier this week about whether or not it thinks it can replace financial advisors. I mean, it's interesting because, you know, it does come across as, you know, quite human-like. So I felt it was being modest in a way. And it it said that human financial advisors would always have the advantage over AI. Would you agree with that? Uh, yes, of course. So, uh, and and as you said, uh, whenever you use ChatGPT to uh, seek a financial advice, it will all. It, first of all, it will give you the answer. It will tell you uh, uh, whatever uh, you know, it's programmed to do. But then, at the end of every answer, it will give you a disclaimer, such as. Uh, please verify the information with a reliable licensed professional, for example. Uh, so a couple of things to note here. So one thing is that I don't know what's going to happen in the next 10 years. So we might be listening back to this conversation and saying that uh, or, or laugh about it because, you know, uh, we never know how technology can evolve and actually uh, AI can replace financial advisors. I don't know what's going to happen later on. But in the current stage of uh, ChatGPT, it definitely cannot, right? It's not a regulated uh, model. It's not a regulated platform. So, for example, if it recommends you a certain platform to use, to invest in, uh, or a certain uh, ETF or portfolio or whatever fund, and then I don't know what happens to that fund. Uh, it crashes. You lost more than 50% of your money. No one is going to hold ChatGPT um, accountable for that. So it's not a regulated business. So people should really be careful while getting information from, from clients. And, and, I, and I completely understand why uh, OpenAI would put such disclaimers at the end of um, of those answers because it wants to distance itself from uh, any kind of legal uh, liability here. Another thing is that we do live in a digital world and people tend to go on the internet and TikTok and social media platforms to seek uh, or, or to have uh, financial advice. So, and and we were we have a very digital driven or engaged uh, community. So. People go on TikTok, they are on Instagram, and, and they see uh, content uh, creators posting how they made 
a thousand percent returns, like in an extravagant amount of returns using uh, chat GPT uh, because they help them create this algorithm. So something to note is that first of all, those people, um, yes, they're providing a very interesting content, but it's just that they're being paid to provide this content. So always take whatever they're providing with a pinch of salt. And number two is that you never know what's actually ChatGPT recommended to them, so you don't have access to the code that they that they share. So you actually don't know if it's if it's true or not. So that's one thing. I asked ChatGPT, for example, how uh, or or how to build a budget for someone specifically living in Dubai and earning a salary of twenty thousand dirhams per month. So that was the exact question that I posted on on ChatGPT. Um, so the first thing that it, that it, that it gave me is a list of categories. Uh, such as uh, housing allowance, transportation, grocery, saving, so on and so forth. So it, it categorizes it in multiple kind of categories. And it, it, I, I felt like it somehow used the rule of the 50-30-20 rule of budgeting that anyways we preach in, in, in stash away. So on the back end, it's okay. And as I said in the beginning, in terms of financial knowledge and education, that's fine. Now, if we want to go into the details of what it said, First, the percentage allocation per, per category was not adding up to 100%. There was, for some reason, 1,000 dirhams always kind of missed out out there. Uh, so there is some kind of bugs in terms of math equations uh, for, in, uh, in ChatGPT for some reason. Although I told ChatGPT that, oh, you're still missing out that 1,000 dirhams. Can you please add it in, um, in, in, in the budget? And so it was a conversation back and forth so to, to be able to, to finish that 100%. So that's one thing. Another um, interesting point that it raised that it has allocated 2,000 dirhams, so around 10%, to uh, health insurance. Now, I, I now uh, I do understand where it's coming from and the importance of always allocating a certain amount uh, to, to health insurance and to be protected somehow. However, in Dubai specifically, the majority of the people living here are expats, which means they are sponsored by a company. And to get your Emirates ID, you need to have a health insurance. And it's usually an employee benefit that the company covers for you. So which means that, first of all, it didn't know uh, that specific thing about Dubai. It didn't know that, that probably it's an expat country and this is uh, an employee benefit. So that 2,000 dirhams could have been allocated somewhere else. So for example, for your savings, or maybe you need a bit more uh, for for your transport uh, because you don't own a car you just move to Dubai and so on. So the information which was provided was not hundred percent accurate. So I do still feel like uh, an actual financial a licensed financial advisor will be able to give you a more accurate answer than ChatGPT. So that's on the budgeting. On the investment side, I asked ChatGPT to give me the uh, price earning ratio of Amazon, so the PE ratio. The PE ratio for uh, people who, who don't know is basically the, the share price of a certain stock comparing to the earnings of that specific company. So it's a good way for us to understand uh, whether a company is overvalued or undervalued when we want to purchase uh, that specific stock. So it gave me a PE ratio of 59. And then I asked it, okay, but what as of when is it? As of last month, uh, as of uh, January? So what is it? And then it told me it's actually as of September 2021. One, it gave me the information of a PE ratio two years ago, uh, where the stock market was actually on a bull run and the Amazon price was, or the Amazon stock was doing extremely well. And two years down the line in 2023, Amazon actually crashed. Uh, 
uh, or not only Amazon, right? The stock market entirely crashed by more than 25%. So we're in a different uh, economic regime than what we used to be in 2021. So it still kind of misled me to understand uh, the actual uh, kind of situation of the market, and it did not give me the reliable information that I needed. So it's still very important to check the facts and and always kind of seek financial advice from a licensed advisor. Yes, absolutely. And I think, as I mean, you know, a lot of the disclaimers it does make, I mean, even in the answers that it gave to me to my questions was that, you know, this is based on 2021, you know, um, and whatever. Um, and it's very hard for it to answer any questions beyond that, I think, accurately, definitely. But I'm also wondering, financial advisors are quite expensive and they they do charge, you know, um, you know, sort of high commissions and things like that. But do you think that platforms like ChatGPT can help them just begin to understand, you know, financial literacy and even help them, you know, to begin their investment journey? That's a very valid point and uh, and, and good question. Um, I, I, I think that financial advisors can be quite expensive in our present time or even uh, throughout the, the last 20 or maybe 30 years. However, the world has evolved, technologies have evolved, and we see more companies being uh, built uh, or even wealth management companies being created that you won't require an, ast- an astonishing amount of money to start your investment journey. So companies such as Stashaway and other robo-advisors. So what we're trying to do or what the industry is trying to do is to eliminate the barriers of entry. So you don't need to be a millionaire to start investing. You don't need... Uh, to be uh, to have to be also a very uh, high net wealth individual person to have access to a state of the art investment strategy. Uh, so with companies such as Stashaway, we do provide a state of the art investment strategy. Uh, so you don't need expensive financial advisors, and you don't need ChatGPT uh, to start your investment journey. There are other alternatives for you out there, and they have been there for the past five to even more decades. So uh, I do advise clients obviously to uh, to do their research uh seek proper financial advice and obviously i encourage people to use chatgpt to educate themselves uh, about investing about ways to kind of allocate your 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 money into into different maybe asset classes know what a- every single asset class mean uh, maybe understand the difference between risk and reward this is what chatgpt can help you with but in terms of starting your investment journey it still for example cannot recommend you an investment platform you still need to do your own research to do that what about on the flip side though just in my chats with chat gpt it said that ai can help financial advisors to analyze data and make recommendations that even described this as ai powered financial assistance is this the future of financial planning so as of now, I don't know, again, in, in 10 years down the line, uh, I would not be able to know if financial advisors will uh, use AI or base all their recommendations on AI. But as of now, I don't I don't see that. Uh, maybe in 10 years, obviously, every single company needs to adapt to the technology growth and um, and every single new technology that, that is available to them. Uh, otherwise, they will not be relevant anymore in the market. So that's that that part I do understand. However, when it comes to seeking advice or, or giving advice to their clients, I still do believe clients are expect anyways to have a chat with a human being. Uh, on a personal level, I, I feel like there are two things that you can't touch. 
when it comes to personal interaction. One is with food deliveries. Whenever you're hungry and you want to know where is where if your food is coming or it's going to be late, you always want to speak with someone. And two, when it comes to your money, because it's it's really the the income that you're it's your hard earned income. So you want to make sure where is it going to. Uh, you want to make sure that uh, the the people that are uh, recommend you uh, to invest your money somehow are, are using correct information and. Uh, you know, from from reliable sources in order to invest your money in diversified uh, portfolios. So I don't think that AI will 100% transform the industry to be only AI driven. It will definitely help us in summarizing, analyzing data, uh, be able to kind of gather information a bit uh, in, in a much faster way to uh, speed up the, uh, the the demand of of the customer and to be always at their expectation. But I don't think it will ever replace a financial advisor because you always need that human interaction. And I'm 100% sure that the client always wants that human interaction. I think chat GPT agrees with you, um, I have to say, because, and you know, speaking about, you know, you mentioned, I don't know what's going to happen in the next 10 years or so. I asked chat GPT what it thought about the next 10 years, and it said it's possible that the role of financial advisors may evolve in the coming years as technology continues to advance and more investors turn to digital platforms for investment advice. So, but I think what we're kind of concluding here is that um, financial planning, financial advisors will always need that human touch, but it will evolve into, you know, you know, sort of more digital platforms as investment continues to be democratised for, you know, regular people. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And again, and I expect companies to keep on, to enable for them to grow and to have access to a higher number of people to join their platforms. I do expect them to use the new technologies available in the market in order to do so, to stay relevant also, and and uh, in, always uh, in competition with their with their peers. But again, it's hard for me to to, to tell you that financial advisors or AI particularly would replace financial advisors in giving a certain advice to a client or not. Uh, that would be would be a bit unlikely. But again, as I mentioned in the beginning, we might be looking at this conversation later on and, and really laugh about it uh, because uh, who who knew that we were, for example, going to have this conversation over over Zoom right now? So 50 years ago, we did not know that this, this tool is going to be available. And maybe another 50 years down the line, uh, I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, we're always looking forward for the future. We're always looking forward for new technologies. And here in Stashway, anyways, uh, we, we, we stay relevant as much as possible by using those new technologies and AI techniques anyways to kind of gather those data elements. Brilliant. Thank you, Joseph. It's been a really interesting conversation. Perhaps we can take it up again in about 10 years' time. <laughs> looking forward to it. Thank you this week to Joseph Bellam of Stashaway Mina. If you would like advice on your personal finance issues, you can write to me at pfatthenational.ae. And remember, PF stands for personal finance. Please do subscribe to Pocket Full of Dirhams on your podcasting app to receive updates. And also leave us a review so we know what you think. This episode was produced by Arthur Edison and Dua Farid. And I've been your host, Felicity Glover.